Well, a massive thanks to our celebration choir for leading us uh, this evening. Um, I don't know about you, but I'm getting really excited, I think, as the, as the, uh, as the rock song says. It's the final countdown, uh, <laughs> and we're really on that last week now, and it's just a week to Christmas, and we're really uh, going for it now, and we're really getting excited about Christmas, uh, and Christmas is on its way. And did you hear about the man who went on a blind date at Christmas? He, uh, he pulled a cracker. And <laughs> I pulled a couple of crackers during the week. So what sort of motorbike does Santa ride? A Holly Davidson. <laughs> What's the first thing that Santa's little helpers learn when they start school? The alphabet. <laughs> what sort of... Nah, that's enough of those. <laughs> so the Word became flesh. What's that about? What's that about? Jesus coming to earth. You see, the incarnation is, is always going to be a wonderful mystery. But Matthew and Mark and Luke, they give us a fairly straightforward story. But what's this thing that John reports? The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. Along with the others, this is a passage of Scripture that's, that's read very often at carol services. But this one's a little bit more cryptic, isn't it? So let's just take a few minutes here this evening to, to think about, about what that's about and what it means to us here tonight. At the very start of his gospel account, uh, that in the reading that Ruth read for us just now, John says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. You see, here the writer John the Evangelist, he has this little play on words. He uses the word, word, when he talks about Jesus. The second person of the Trinity, the Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, together from, well, in the beginning. You see, Matthew and Luke, they begin their story of Jesus in Bethlehem. They tell the birth narrative, and it's from these that we get most of the information that we, that we use for our nativity stories that are played up and down the land at Christmas time. Mark begins his story of Jesus at the start of Jesus' public ministry. But for John, there is no nativity story. You see, John goes way back beyond that, back much further than any of the other writers of the other three gospel accounts. Matthew and, and Luke, they start their stories in Bethlehem. Mark starts his in the River Jordan. But John starts his in the mind of God. Matthew and Luke date their narratives by Roman emperors and Jewish high priests. Matthew and Luke take us back to the manger. Mark goes back to the prophecies. But John takes us right back to the beginning. And when we hear the words, in the beginning, doesn't something sound familiar there? It makes us sit up and say, yeah, I know where that is. That's in Genesis. That's at the start of the Bible, at the very first words of the, the great God story. Genesis 1, 1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And you know that's exactly what John wants us to be thinking. That's exactly where he wants us to be. He chooses his words carefully as he starts to unfold the mystery of God putting on flesh and coming to dwell amongst us. With the words in the beginning, God, John captures our attention 
And he takes us right back to the start of the story. In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, He created them simply by speaking. And John calls Jesus the Word of God. He was with God, and He was God, and it was through this Word that God created all things. When God started to create mushrooms and mountains and grapes and galaxies and tomatoes and tornadoes and people and planets, all created by the mighty Word of God. And and you see, in the mind of John's original Jewish hearers, well, the Word of God was, was simply the most important and most powerful thing in the entire universe. The Word as spoken by God to create all things. The Word as written in the Old Testament. The Word as spoken by the prophets and the priests concerning the mind and will of God. Oh, they knew that the Word of God had power. The Word of God created. The Word of God brought life. The Word of God brought light. The Word of God brought love. The Word of God guided and comforted and challenged. The Word of God transformed individuals and communities and nations. This is the Word that John is talking about here in this passage. This one so powerful that He can create galaxies beyond measure born in a stable. Word of the Father, now in flesh appearing, as the carol writer puts it. No wonder that he calls us to come, let us adore him. And you see, in the eastern Mediterranean, in the place and at the time when John wrote his gospel, Greek culture and philosophy was also very strong and widespread. And the Greek word for word is logos, and in Greek philosophy, the Logos was, that was believed to be the underlying shaping and ordering and directing principle in the universe. And the Greek philosophers, they were saying that if only we could get in touch with this Logos, then our lives would have meaning. And John was saying, and in fact, what he's saying is, Christ is this Logos. He is the Word, and He has come to get in touch with us. So John, in writing his gospel, he has both Jew and Greek in mind. He is appealing to both cultures, and he is emphasizing that the gospel is for all people. And in Genesis 1, we read of of God creating, and John 1, we read of God starting to recreate. In Genesis 1, the climax is the arrival on the scene of human beings. In John 1, the climax is the arrival on the scene of the one who is both fully human and fully God. Genesis 1 speaks of creation. John 1 speaks of the one who will begin to usher in God's new creation. And the Word challenged the darkness before the creation of the world. And Jesus now, the Word, challenges the darkness that is unfortunately found within creation itself, even within our own hearts. That's why He came. That's why the Word became flesh. You know, you see, in most books we have to wait to the very last chapter to get the punchline, don't we? But look, John, John is just so excited here that he just can't wait In a book of 21 chapters, John gives us the punchline in the middle of the very first chapter. 
The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. So that verse 12, all who received Him, to those who believed in His name, He gave the right to become children of God. Just as through Him creation was brought into being, so through Him God is bringing a new creation into being. And by letting the Word of God into our hearts and into our lives, we become His new creation. We become children of the living God. Part of this new creation that that Revelation 21 tells us that God will one day bring to completion and to perfection. And you see, by emphasizing that God the Son, the Word, by emphasizing that He was eternally coexistent with God the Father from the beginning, John wants us to see something. He wants us to see that that Jesus was not some sort of afterthought that the Father had when things went a bit pear-shaped in the garden. No, Jesus was not some afterthought that God had after Adam and Eve rebelled against Him in Eden. Jesus is not some amendment or revision that God had to make to His plans. Jesus is not some invention that God had to come up with halfway through the story. He's not. No, the Word becoming flesh and dwelling among us is not some plan B that God had to put into action when it went a bit skew-whiff in the garden or because the Israelites couldn't keep the Ten Commandments or because His efforts to get us flying straight again in the Old Testament didn't work. No, from all eternity, from in the beginning, from before God even said, let there be light, God knew that we would rebel against Him. And so in His mercy and in His love for us, God made provision. He had a plan right from the beginning. A plan to send us a Savior. Because you see, the stable in Bethlehem would one day lead to the cross of Calvary, where Christ would bleed and die for us in our place. And the cross would lead to the tomb. Christ descended into hell, paying the price for our sins, for all the selfishness and all the wrong things that we thought and said and done. But one day too, one day too, praise God, the tomb would be empty. The tomb would be empty for Christ would be risen and ascended and ruling and reigning on the throne of heaven. Darkness and sin and death defeated forever. The way now open for all who receive Him, who believe in His name, to become the children of God. That's why Jesus came. That's why the Word became flesh, to make you and me children of God. The Son came to make us sons. He became like us so that we could become like Him. And He came here so that we could one day go there. That's why He came. And that's why He still comes. For He is with us here again tonight. Right here. Right now. He's moving amongst us by the power of His Spirit. And He's speaking to us by His Word. Emmanuel. God is with us. 
And if you're here tonight and you're not yet a Christian, then why not say yes to him tonight? Why not believe in your head and receive in your heart and become forever a child of the living God? We have these little booklets, Why Christmas? And we have some of them sitting on the the foyer table, and many people have found these or similar books helpful in the past. Let me encourage you to take one and find out what Christmas is really all about. Or come and have a chat with me or have a chat with someone from the church that you feel comfortable with. And why not come? Come and join the family of God even here tonight. Just as I finish, the Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. He has come to us. So now, let us come to Him. Shall we pray together for a moment? Let us pray. Lord Jesus, we thank You that even though You are the Word through whom all things were made, and even though You were from in the beginning, yet in Your great love for us, You put on flesh and dwelt amongst us. You lived and died and rose again for us. We thank You that You have come again to be with us here tonight. So as You speak to us, please give us ears to hear You and hearts to respond to You. Hearts to say yes to You tonight and to go out from this place with songs of praise on our lips and Your love in our hearts as we go out to live for You, the One who makes us children of God, as we receive You and believe in Your name. Father, we pray all these things for Your glory in the power of the Spirit and in the name of Jesus, Your Son, our Lord. Amen.